Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. This episode is brought to you by SAIT's School for Advanced Digital Technology, an innovation hub disguised as a post-secondary institution where creators, educators, and learners like you are coming together to transform tomorrow. Boost your skills with tech boot camps and carve out a new career path through dynamic, future-forward courses. The world of work is evolving. Future-proof yourself with SAIT's School for Advanced Digital Technology. This episode is hosted by Peter Baudouet. Peter manages strategy and partnerships for an innovative alliance of energy companies committed to reducing environmental impacts through collaborative R&D efforts. Peter worked for more than 20 years in Asia, building and investing in a variety of businesses. His most recent role outside of Canada was with the World Wildlife Fund, where he was the chief executive officer of WWF China, based in Beijing. Prior to that, Peter lived in Hong Kong for 15 years working in the technology industry. On this episode, Peter has a conversation with Pratik Patel. Hey Peter, take it away. So thanks Al. Good morning everyone. My name is Peter Bodway and I'll be your host of today's Rainforest podcast. Today's guest is Pratik Patel. Pratik's the founder of and CEO of Mundi, which is a Calgary-based company which provides on-demand fresh produce. So welcome Pratik. Thank you very much, Peter. So tell us a bit about uh, Mundi and what problems are you trying to solve? Yeah, Mundi is a online wholesale club. Without the membership, we ship out produce. Uh, at this moment, we're starting with produce, uh, but the plan is to add a few more categories there. And we ship it directly to the consumers. But uh, you know, to really understand Mundi, I think we have to rewind a little bit back to uh, my previous startup, which was Oyocator. Uh, because this is where Mundi actually started from. And Oyocator was a basically an online ordering platform for business people. And uh, we had a two-sided marketplace uh, similar to Skip the Dishes, or actually Skip the Dishes is actually a three-sided marketplace. But we had the restaurants and corporate customers that order lunch uh, caterings for meetings and whatnot. We were growing really well and then COVID happened and we were left with just the restaurants um, because all of our customers basically started working from home. So there was no need for events. And uh, that's where Monday actually started from. We, we looked at what we could do with our restaurants and we saw that the restaurants were spending a lot of time uh, doing grocery shopping themselves instead of relying on just one supplier. It was just a way for us to help them out at that point, and then it's sort of snowballed into a bigger, bigger project. Well, well let's let's explore that a bit because I'm really interested in how you pivot, right? Because if I understand, then you were in the platform junction program, right? Because I remember, uh, you know, in 2019 with uh, Oyo Catering, and then you know, COVID happens and you have to pivot, right? So, I mean, can you just tell us like a little bit about how? How did that happen? I mean, because you really started an entirely new venture in very short order. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, and you know, first, uh, shout out to Platform Calgary. Uh, the Junction program uh, actually truly prepared us uh, for this. And, uh, you know, we, we finished the Junction program in November and uh, COVID happened in 
late February, March. So you were just hitting your stride almost. You were, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And we were, we were growing our customer base and, uh, but you know, really kudos to the platform Calgary team. Uh, I think, uh, the, the program that we went through really prepared us to be, be able to pivot at any point, you know, so I was, I was well prepared, I would say. And when COVID happened, you know, we, we saw catering orders basically getting delayed and then almost everything just stopped. Uh, there was no revenue. The one thing that uh, Platform Calgary did allow us to do and really taught us uh, was customer discovery, you know, focus on customers, really talk to your customers all the time because you never know what can come out of it. And it was difficult times uh, because, you know, you have a team of uh, people that you have to explain what's happening. There's no revenues, uh, really hard to motivate people at that point. You know, we, we stuck through it and we we really did went back to the customer discovery, went to the whiteboard and started asking ourselves questions of, you know, what can we do to help our customers and really started talking to customers. One thing led to another and... Uh, yeah, Monday, Monday basically started from that. So really, I mean, when you think about it, so I'm hearing that, you know, you were hitting your stride, things were taking off with oil, but then obviously COVID. So when you, you know, you did your customer discovery. So, I mean, really in quick, in, in short order, in, you know, you're talking early 2020, you guys started the second venture, correct? Yeah. So um, I would say June, June 20. So it's about a year now uh, that we started uh, Monday. It started as a small pilot. Well, that, that's that's amazing to think, you know, you're hit by COVID, you pivoted and you have a, all a pilot that's turning into a successful company, right? So like, so can I, I mean, I mean, I think in some ways you were at the right spot at the right time, given, you know, the home deliveries opportunities are, are taking off. So can you tell us a little bit about those first months? I mean, how you piloted it and, and how did the pilots go? What was giving you an indication that this is going to work? Yeah, I mean, our main customer is is a restaurant owner or, or i would say business owner rather and we focused on what the business owner truly needs and those first months basically we sent out we started with restaurants and we had a list of all the restaurants we had the data so we basically sent out everyone an email after hearing from our customers what they truly wanted and and we sent out a, a simple email to all our uh, restaurant partners at that time and just said to them, look, we've got some, uh, you know, produce for sale. Uh, if you'd like, we can deliver straight to you. And, uh, you know, a lot of restaurants uh, placed their first order through email. And uh, at that moment, we did not carry any inventory. And we were basically going to local wholesalers and uh, suppliers to pick up these produce and doing the delivery. And at that moment, uh, it, was, it was just me and my SUV crossover. So basically, that's where it all started. We, I started doing deliveries myself. Um, one thing led to the other. They kept ordering over and over once and twice and maybe three times. And then every single week, they will place an order. So that gave us a, a confidence that we're, we're onto something here. That's great. So now, I mean, so that was really, you bootstrapped that very quickly. I mean, and so, and you've, you were saying you were at the time using wholesalers, just going to buy the food directly. But now from my understanding, you have a warehouse and staff, correct? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, certainly. Um, so we, we actually moved into a warehouse uh, in December and uh, currently it's just two people, myself and I have a full-time employee uh, that manages our operations. And um, a lot of help from family. You know, my wife, uh, she 
you know, amazing person. She will, she loves to jump in and help out. And so she, she will do some deliveries here and there whenever we need her. But yeah, we, I relied heavily on my family. That's great. That's great. So interestingly, because you mentioned that you were doing, so, you know, working with the restaurants, but you've also moved from sort of B2B to B2C now, right? You're moving into the consumer space. So how's that working? Yeah. And, you know, that was not really the plan, Peter. COVID, there was a second round of restrictions in uh, late December. And what we heard from our restaurants was, hey, you know, we don't know. Usually uh, winter months are generally slower. And, and with the new restrictions, the restaurants uh, and business owners told us, guys, can we make it smaller packaging so that, you know, we can sustain? Uh, we don't really want to buy the entire case because then it will be just a waste. And so we started breaking the boxes, uh, you know, and uh, somehow just uh, the consumer side picked up. Maybe it was word of mouth. Um but maybe restaurant owners were talking and whatnot. So one thing led to the other, uh, but that was not really our, we didn't really think about going into the consumer space. And it just so happened that uh, the consumers uh, actually saw this as a value. You know, it just sort of picked up. It's just started snowballing. That's great. That's great. So, well, we, I hadn't told you this before the call, but interestingly, when I, I prep, prepping for the interview, I did try your service. So I've, I've, you know, I've tried it and got it. So there's some great stuff on there and everything went well. The delivery went well. Um, so, so it's obviously you've done a successful pivot, right? Because you're now moving I, like seamlessly into the, the space, into the, the consumer space. So I, I guess like taking a step back, I mean, you know, you're still small, you're still growing, but building a business is hard, right? And, and, can you just tell me a little bit about a time when you might have thought, you know, wow, like this is a monster problem you're facing, right? How are we going to resolve? And how did you just go about like, you know, you've got many opportunities where I've seen you've pivoted and grow and taken on big challenges, but how do you go about solving some of these big problems? Yeah, good question. Um, every day is a new new problem and there's a new challenge. And, uh, you know, Monday with Oyo Cater, we thought we were, we were a niche player. But with Monday now, we see ourselves as solving a, a very big, big problem, which is, uh, you know, we definitely would love to help our customers save money. So what, going back, uh, you know, when we looked at Monday itself, we said, why should we do this, this project here? And, uh, you know, what we really saw from customers was that they were looking for value. Value, when I ask my parents, is generally price. But the newer generation... Um, it is definitely price, but they don't want to be ripped off, but price is still a part. Um, but convenience is a huge addition to that, uh, the problem and, uh, and the brand. And what we're finding is our customers want these three things, uh, and not just price itself. It's a bigger problem that we're trying to solve here. And to be honest, I don't have any right answer, but it's to just keep looking at the data. Uh, and seeing that we're making improvements here and there, we we have certainly made many mistakes. And I think looking back to um, January, February, when we actually started breaking the bigger boxes and doing home deliveries, I think in hindsight I would not do it again because you know it just led to many challenges. Uh, there was a lot of waste on our side because we just didn't know what the demand was, and uh, operationally it was a challenge. 
But slowly, like I said, every day you keep improving. Uh, I think if you've tried our services in the last couple of weeks, you'll see there's more packaged goods than open stuff. Um, you Before it was, we would just open up the box and just put in whatever uh, quantity. But now we're going to suppliers and saying, guys, we want all packaged goods. So we're now becoming more and more consumer packaged goods company. I truly feel that every day we're looking at data and we're seeing that we're making improvements and we're seeing that customers are happy. And and I think that's that that's what gives us confidence that we're actually hit on something big. And uh, when we see the customer ordering second time, third time, I think that's when we say, okay, we've we've sort of uh, hit on something here. You've got them. Yeah. So, well, let's, I wanted to explore that because, so, you know, you really started off in the B2B space and then you started, well, almost as you said, reluctantly, you went to the consumer market thinking this is, you know, probably harder than you thought. So now when you look at both segments, I mean, where, where do you see the biggest opportunity? I think uh, biggest, I, I don't know, we're very early into this, but I see that the, the B2C side uh, is growing faster because the word of mouth uh, happens really fast. Um, but like I said, uh, for us, it's very clear. Our customer is a business owner and we find that business owners not only buy for their businesses, but also for their home. Just a, a little bit of background too, that uh, I own a restaurant myself. We basically, this, this solution is, is for me, uh, more so for anyone else, because I find myself running around quite a bit. And, uh, you know, that's something in terms of entrepreneurial uh, also that, you know, I've always looked to solve my own problems rather than trying to figure out what problems other people have and try to solve those. And, um, and I think the B2C side is growing faster because of the word of mouth. And certainly, I think the B2B side is much more profitable. Uh, it's more consistent. Uh, and we would love to see that side grow. And we will be focusing our uh, efforts on growing that. Um, we, have not, we have not spent any marketing dollars on the B2B, B2C side. And uh, in the future, we will be spending uh, our marketing dollars on the B2B side and just let the B2C side grow organic, organically. Yeah, yeah. So I, I did want to, you know, because you mentioned earlier that you were in the platform program, the junction program rather, um, and that they were a great help in, you know, getting you to think, be customer focused, et cetera. Um, so what were some of the other resources that helped you along the way? Um, you know, actually, Platform Calgary, uh, the cohort that we're, we were in, I, I've, I've actually ended up making really good uh, relationship with, uh, with other company, other founders that were part of it. And uh, those relationships have truly helped me. Um, I've lean, leaned on them um, more so because I just feel that they're, they sort of went through the same issues and we, uh, I could brainstorm with them much clearly. So I think that's one thing Platform Calgary really, truly did help me was, you know, uh, help me connect with these like-minded people. And uh, we're always, I've, I've always been in touch with them and we've, um, you know, created a really good relationship and we just brainstorm each other's problem and try to solve them. Well, that's great. So the network, the platform network has been really valuable. That's great. That's great. So I did want to ask about, I see that uh, you studied architecture. Right. So I, I, how, how did you move from architecture to, well, I guess you, you mentioned starting a restaurant and now, you know, you're solving your own problems. How did that happen? How did you, you become an entrepreneur in that? Yeah, well, I, 
I don't have any stories such as, you know, when I was young, I had a lemonade stand or something like that. I don't really have that. I'm not an entrepreneurial person myself. Um, but I was really driven from since I was young. Uh, I did play sports. I played professional cricket. And a lot of my thoughts and, um, you know, just the way I am has been due to cricket. Uh, it was, we had, we had to train rigorously and, you know, there's, I was, I was much mature in a sense because of cricket and, uh, I was always driven, always focused and, um, you know, architecture, I, I truly like, although I'm not doing anything architecture related, but I think it was a really, really good program because it allows you to, I just feel that architecture was not a, you know, a structured program. It, it, it allows you to be your own self and find your own problems and find your own solutions. There's no um, design. My design is not going to be similar to yours. And so I really need to understand who I am and what I truly believe in, in order to make my designs work. And uh, architecture did really good for me there. Um, because when I got into, after I graduated, um, it truly helped me, you know, um, be prepared for the life in front. Entrepreneurial is the same thing. Uh, you know, there's no structured way to start a business and you just have to figure out your own problems and uh, what the problems are and figure out a solution. So I think, you know, it was a great education for me. And it also helped me think in terms of design. Um, you know, design is, you know, we, we, we do website designs and whatnot and customer discovery. A lot of architecture was focused on the customer. Um, figure out who your customers are, what they want, and design as per their needs and whatnot. So I think that sort of carried on um, with me. And um, restaurant, I was, you know, I, I always wanted to have a restaurant. Uh, and I we love eating out and we love, uh, you know, food, eat, sharing meals with families and friends. Uh, so it was always one of my passion. When I spent more time at the restaurant, you know, Oyo Cater also actually came out of the restaurant. So Oyo Cater was a way to solve my own problem uh, because we were getting lot of, lots of catering orders, but then, you know, I had to have one of my employees really take an order and it would take, it would be on pen and pencil and, you know, sometimes we'd lose the paper or someone has spilled salsa on it and all of a sudden the paper, you know, we'd have to call the customer. And even on the customer side, they were they were walking in to place catering orders and or over the phone, which was even more confusing. So I thought, can I solve my own problem here? And that's what I did with Oyo Cater. So, you know, life is uh, interesting, and but I think everything has so far worked out, and I've been lucky enough that uh, you know things things are going in the right direction. You know, from education to entrepreneurship. So obviously with three or these businesses that you've built up over the years from your restaurant to Oyo now to, to Mundi, what do you do to relax? What do you do? Do you have time to relax? Honestly speaking, <laughs> no. You know, I mean, I, in addition to that, I also have a 18 month old daughter and we're expecting another one. So uh, certainly not, uh, but I, I do get out and play sports uh, here and there. Uh, I do, I do golf. So that, that golf is my time when I sort of relax and think about it's, it's a way to turn off my brain. Uh, and when I'm, when I switch on, I'm, I'm more relaxed. So I, I, I play some sports and I spend a lot of time with family. 
and, and that helps me um, and that it has helped me to stay sane. So far. Yeah. Well, you have another baby on the way. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, good luck with that. Good luck with that. So, so, you know, looking at all these businesses, I mean, like if you were going to do it again, if you're going to do it again, because you think, you know, you've had, you mentioned very briefly, you know, oh, that B2C opportunity with Mundi, we might not have went that way. If you were going to start again, you know, roll back two or three years, what would you do differently? You know, I, I would say I would not do anything differently. I think the opportunities that we have is because of the situations that you have gone through. Uh, I don't think I would have been in this position if I had not gone through all these uh, things. So I, I don't think looking three years back, I would be in this position if I had not first done a restaurant, then second, you know, uh, tried my luck at uh, trying to build Oyo Cater. And then, you know, Monday, you know, I, I don't think I would do anything differently. I think this is part of the learning process. And this is what makes an entrepreneur, at least from my perspective, a stronger person uh, because there's always highs and lows. And it's important for entrepreneurs to understand that there's always going to be highs and lows and how you can sort of um, adjust to those realities because most people are not able to. So going back to your question, I, I would not do anything differently. Not change. Okay, that's a very philosophical answer, That which is a good one, which is a good one. And it's true. I mean, you know, COVID and everything has changed a lot of the dynamics in the economy. And we've had to, you know, like yourself, you pivoted, right? So that's brought a new opportunity, right? And new challenges in itself. So, so looking forward now, not looking back about what would you change, but looking forward. So where, you know, what's your vision for Mundi in, in five years? Yes, Monday, we believe in five years, we will be a nationwide player. And we're hoping that uh, at some point, either we would go public or uh, be acquired. But we do feel that uh, we have an opportunity here to touch as many customers as possible. Through e-commerce, it's become extremely uh, easier to deliver your products to remote areas. And I believe that Monday can become that nationwide player or, you know, at some point we might we can ship across the United States. We don't know. Well, we'll we'll see when it when the time comes. Well, it's an exciting space. It's an exciting space, Pratik. So, so if listeners want to know more um, about Mundi, what should they do? Yeah, certainly. Uh, you can go on Mundi.io, uh, M-U-N-D-I-I dot I-O, and um, you know you could find all all of our. Um, communications, uh, you just sign up for a newsletter there and we'll, we'll communicate to you on a regular basis. But for, for the viewers that are listening here, you know, I, I'd really want to give them something to try our services and give us their feedback. Um, so any of your viewers listening right now can use Bulk Life, um, whether in capital letters or uh, small, does not matter, B-U-L-K-L-I-F-E. Uh, just use that code uh, at the end of the checkout and try our services and, you know, give us your feedback uh, as to what products you like and, you know, how we can improve our packaging, perhaps, you know, delivery service. Uh, we'd love to hear back from them. That's great. So if they put the bulk life in, they get a discount. That's what I understand. Correct? Exactly. It's a 15, 15% discount uh, on their overall bill. That's great. No, that's that's perfect. So thanks for that, Pratik. So again, bulk life, once you order it at Mundi, um, and you'll get a 15% discount. That's great. So thanks for that. I was not going to miss this opportunity, Peter. Okay. Well, hopefully you'll get a few more people testing it. Like I said, I've tested it. I've used it a couple of times and I want to keep using it. It's very, very good food, good, fresh food. 
Um, so Pratik, I do, I do want to say thanks for taking the time today to talk with us. Thank you, Peter. I truly appreciate the opportunity. Um, and, uh, you know, thank you very much for asking me about Monday. Uh, this is the first time I've done this, so it's, it was really fun. It was really interesting and uh, hope to stay in touch. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thanks. Thanks again, Pratik. So, and for those listeners out there, if you do like the podcast, we'd please ask that you subscribe and uh, thanks for listening. If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social-barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode is brought to you by SAIT's School for Advanced Digital Technology, an innovation hub disguised as a post-secondary institution where creators, educators, and learners, like you, are coming together to transform tomorrow. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.